Uh, before we go any further, let's just open up in a, in a word of prayer. <clears throat> God, we come to you today, Lord, uh, thankful uh, to be in this house. God, thankful for this place together. And Lord, I thank you for everybody here. Uh, Lord, right now, God, I pray that you just continue to move in the service, God. I pray that your spirit would speak to me and through me. Lord, it's not by me, but it's only by you. We give you all the praise and glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we go any further, I think Malachi, he's been gone for several months, and he would like to give a quick testimony. Uh, so if Malachi, you've come. Good morning. Or as we like to say down south, buenos dias. Yeah, so hopefully I won't be struggling to switch back to Spanish during this. It's weird, whenever you teach and preach in a different language for a long time, it starts becoming your default setting when you get in a certain environment. So when I get up on stage, it's like it's, like it's trying to come out of me. I'm like, no, that doesn't work here. But um, yeah, uh, as Hans said, I just wanted to share a, a brief testimony with you all regarding how I got here a little bit earlier. Um, I was scheduled originally to get back to Arkansas on February 5th, but um, with the COVID mess and all that, it's just as bad down there as it is here in Panama, and um, we, we decided it would be best for them not to come, not because we were afraid necessarily of them getting sick, but we were afraid of them having to stay in quarantine, and my parents locked in a hotel room in Panama for half a month would be an absolute travesty, so we weren't willing, you know, willing to risk that, so I was like, okay, if they're not coming um, on January 29th, then I'll just go home. On January 29th. Also because um, in Panama there's like a six-month stay limit for American tourists. So if I would have stayed till February 5th and would have gotten COVID and been put in quarantine, I would be this close to possibly being like deported from the country. So that would not be good. Um, uh, so I decided, yeah, I'll try and come home on January 29th. Well, um, about two weeks ago, uh, we kind of started having like a COVID outbreak in our church down there. It's called La Iglesia Buenas Nuevas, which means Good News Church. And I was like, okay, I won't be able to go because if I get sick, I'm going to have to miss my flight. And then I don't know how long I'm going to be in quarantine. I didn't want to risk it. So me and Astrid, um, my wife, we didn't go to church for a week. Well, it turns out last Saturday, she had a cough, a very small cough. And um, we, uh, and then her coworker texted her or called her something from her job. She's a teacher and told her, I tested positive for COVID. And Astrid was like, oh my goodness, well, I have to get tested then. And lo and behold, she was also positive. And the night before, I was out playing a board game with her and her mom, and I was drinking from Astrid's shake. So I literally was drinking COVID through a straw and did not know, didn't realize it was happening. And I, I mean, we were stressed. Like this whole last week, we were so stressed because we were wondering, like, am I going to test positive? I'm going to have to go into quarantine. I'm going to have to change my flight. Is it going to cost more money? Like all these things. But this is the thing that I wanted to emphasize to you all, that Jesus Christ, he calls us to be faithful in prayer, right? We are to pray and to not give up. And we are always, obviously, to pray in accordance with the will of God, pray that the Lord's will be done, but we are also to give our requests to him. We are to ask, we are to seek, we are to knock, and we are to keep on doing those things. It's like the, the parable of the persistent widow with the unjust judge that Jesus told. The judge said, literally, I don't fear God and I don't care, but because you have annoyed me so much, I'm going to give you what you have asked of me. 
And Jesus was saying, how much more than will our loving heavenly father give us good things, give good things to those who ask him. So this whole last week, we spent it in quarantine and in deep prayer and trust in God that by some miraculous way, even though I had literally drank the virus into my body, I would, I would be negative come Friday when I had to take a test to come back to the United States. So we, we were faithful in prayer and we were praying and trusting God that it would be so. And then Friday morning, Astra was negative. I was negative and her mom was negative and we were all able to go to Panama City together and I was able to leave and it was all and we had peace but I just wanted to share that with you all you all because it was really stressful I mean imagine being trapped in a foreign country not being able to get out because you have a virus you know and not being able to get home after five months and a week or so like it it was really stressful but just remember y'all like God he is faithful he is good and Jesus, he told his disciples to stay faithful in prayer 2,000 years ago, and that is his command for us today. And God, he does answer prayer. He answers prayer. He is faithful. So be persistent in your prayers. Be humble. Accept the will of the Lord, but also keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. And Christ promises us that we will find um, what we have asked for of the Lord in its due time. So just wanted to share that word of encouragement with you all. We're glad that Mal is back. If we'd have known he'd be back today, he could have been standing here. I wouldn't have had to do it. Could just let him just roll on from there. <clears throat> oh, that's, that's, a good, that's good insight. Uh, Jesus Christ is the only hope that we have. Amen. And that's it. And it, it, all other ground is sinking sand. And Amen. Man, you don't want to put your faith in absolutely anything other than Jesus Christ. In uh, the end... You know, the Bible teaches that one day we're all going to, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And when you've got a, when your life's going to be judged with what you've did with it and how you lived on this earth, you don't want to be able to say that you put your faith and trust in anything but Jesus Christ. <clears throat> a lot easier said than done. I think we all know that. Uh, I want to, I don't know if this will make any sense uh, to anyone. But I'm going to try to build on uh, maybe some stuff that Darv said last week. Darv uh, kind of preached to our youth last week. It's a good way to put it. Uh, he gave this, this youth sermon, and he was talking to our youth and uh, trying to inspire our kids to, to really go all out and live for God. And uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to build on that, but maybe not so much talking to youth. I'm talking to parents, maybe. So maybe this is bad advice since I'm not a parent. The only thing I'm... I'm a, I'm a stepfather of a coon. That's all we ever write care in our house. And I'm not, and we don't have a good relationship. So this could be really flawed advice. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Judges chapter 13. As always, everything that I say always comes from a place of conviction, not condemnation. So everybody, everybody needs to know that. I don't know how long this could be. Everybody already knew that. Uh, but Judges chapter 13, starting in verse 1, <clears throat> the Bible says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now I want to stop right there. Uh, it says again the Israelites did evil. So Israelites, they've got this famous pattern that they're known for of, of doing evil and being in 
delivered into the Philistines or delivered into some other uh, people, and then they repent, they turn to the Lord, and God delivers them back. And uh, first, I think, I think that's, a lot, that's a lot like me, seems like, in my own life. It uh, seems like you, you go through patterns of life. You go through the hills, you go through the valleys. There's times in my life where I, I feel like I'm doing really good, uh, spiritually speaking, uh, where I'm seeking God, where I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and, and I'm doing good. And then for whatever happens, you go down, you go down this rut or you get in a rut, and it's so easy to stay in these ruts. And uh, it seems like if, if you don't get out of it yourself, if you don't realize what's going on, God's real good about delivering you into some problem that gets you on rock bottom, where then your focus returns back to Him. <clears throat> and one point I wanted to make here, it says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines. And it reminds me of a, of a verse that uh, Darwin quotes a lot. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any. Uh, and with everything that's going on in our country, and I'm not going to sit up here and name all the stuff, uh, I would think that most everybody here would be able to figure out what I'm talking about when you look at sin that's going on in our own country, uh, sin that goes on in our schools, sin that goes on in and, and sin is something that everybody battles with. Temptation is something that everybody battles with. I mean, I'm up here behind this pulpit today, and I promise you, there's not anybody here that's battling more than me against sin. Uh, it's something that we all face. And the Bible teaches that we have this battle, that there's a spiritual battle that goes on against the flesh, that the Bible teaches that uh, there's this enemy, the devil, who roars around like a, a lion, and he's looking to devour us. And so Satan has, he has a desire to have us. And that's something that Darwin talked about last week is, man, God has a desire to have us, but Satan also has a desire to have us. And there's this battle going on for our soul uh, between God and Satan. And the Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any. And we hear that, we hear that all the time. I mean, I hear, I hear preachers, you turn on the radio, and I, I bet you would hear that verse pretty quick if you're listening to some sermon on the radio. Uh, I hear Darwin say it a lot, and uh, you look at what's going on in our nation, you see some of the sinful stuff that's going on, and, and just the, the all-out evil, uh, attacks against our kids, all this gender stuff, everything that's going on, and man, it makes me mad, and, and I think, I mean, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any, and we hear that over and over, and I know for me, this is this my, I'm just speaking from conviction here, but it seems like you hear that, and you, and you think about all these bad things that's going on in the nation, but you never really think about what's going on in your own life. And so I wanted, I wanted to reword the verse in my, own, in my own words. Righteousness exalts a person, but sin is a disgrace to any. And I, I never really thought about it like that. But I was reading that this morning, and I kind of had conviction about it. Righteousness exalts any person. But sin is a disgrace to any person. And if, if I want a nation to be righteous, well, don't I first have to be righteous? Amen. If I want my neighbors to live right, then I should at least live right before I expect them to live right. If I want to have, <clears throat> if I want to be a testimony for Jesus, if I want our country to be a testimony for Jesus, if I want our schools to be a testimony for Jesus, if I want my family to be a, a lot for Jesus Christ, then at the least I could do is at least I need to be there myself first. Amen. <clears throat> Righteousness exalts a person, but sin is a disgrace to any. God hates sin. 
hates all sin. Amen. He hates the sin in this country. He hates the sin in our schools. He hates the sin in you. God hates all sin. <clears throat> I think so many times we look at these broad problems and we give these broad answers and these broad solutions to the problem, but the truth is, unless I'm better, then it's never going to change. I've got to be accountable. I've got to be better. And then when you're accountable and then you're better, well, then all of a sudden the community's a little better. And then when the community's a little better, then the bigger picture is a little bit better. But I have to be better. I have to be accountable. I have to hate sin for me. <clears throat> and so I just, I just wanted to bring that out. Uh, continuing on in verse 2, the Bible says, A certain man of Zorah named Manoah, uh, was from the clan of the Danites, and he had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine nor ferment to drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son, whose head is to never be touched by a razor, because the boy is going to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and she told him a man of God came to her and he looked like an angel. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from and he didn't tell me his name, but he said to me, you will become pregnant and you will have a son. Now then, drink no wine nor ferment to drink. Do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. <clears throat> And so this is, this is kind of interesting. An angel comes to this woman, and the Bible don't even record her name, comes to Samson's mom, and it, and it tells her, you know, you, you're not even able to have children, but you're going to have a child. And then it says, but this is what you have to do. It says, this is what you are commanded to do. And it says, you're, you're not supposed to eat anything unclean. You're not supposed to drink anything ferment, uh, fermented. You're not supposed to drink any wine. <clears throat> and I think... Uh, I want, to, I want to make a point that God promises all these blessings in the Bible, and we're really good as a culture of picking out these blessings and be like, man, God, God promised good health. God promised wealth. God promised this. God promised that. Uh, but they always are circumstantial. If you do your part, God will do His part. Amen. If you put your faith in God, <clears throat> then you'll make it to heaven. That's a lot easier said than done. And so this angel comes, this angel comes to Manoah's wife, and he says, This is what you have to do. And if you do this, then you will have a son. I will bless you. But you have to do this. <clears throat> so going a lot of going a little further. I lost where I was at. Verse 11. Verse 9, God heard Manoah, and the angel of the Lord came to him, came again to the woman while she was out in the field, but her husband, Manoah, was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, Here he is, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife, and when they came to the man, he said, Are you the man who talked with my wife? I am, he said. So when I asked him, or Manoah asked him, When will your words be fulfilled? What is the rule of the governor's that governs the boy's life and work. The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I've told her. 
She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. <clears throat> so again, the angel comes to this woman again for the second time and just clarifies everything that was said the first time. And I think about everything that God teaches us in this Bible. And, and I know it's, it's easy to sit back and go, man, well, I would do everything the Lord told me if he'd send an angel to me. But God gives us the Word of God, gives us this Bible. She didn't have that. And we struggle so hard to obey God's law. Amen. But God gives you. Everything that you need to know is right here in this Word of God. And I want to talk a little bit about obedience. If God tells you to do something and you don't do it, then you disobey. Well, God's told us to do several things right here in this Word of God. And yet people that would claim to be Christians, we rarely do it. We fall short. And Deuteronomy 30.16 says this, it says, For I've commanded you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Psalms 19, uh, 119, 1 says, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. You know, Jesus calls us into obedience. That's what this whole gospel is about. It's that I was dead into sin, and now I've been given this new life through Jesus Christ, and I'm called to a place of surrender, so I surrender to Him, and I lay down what I want, and I take up my cross, and I die daily, and I walk in, in obedience according to God's law, to God's Word, with Him. We're called to walk in obedience. <clears throat> and, I, and I speak from a place of conviction that I don't always do it. But we're called to be better. God calls us to walk in obedience. <clears throat> and I want, to skip, I want to skip towards the end of this chapter here in verse 24. It says, The woman gave birth to a boy named Samson, and he grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. That's verse 24. And I wanted to make a point that God blessed Samson because Manoah's wife, his mother, obeyed what she had told him to do. God blessed the child and He blessed all of Israel because this child would grow up and deliver them from the Philistines. Because you remember in verse 1, the Bible says that the Israelites had done evil in the eyes of the Lord and were delivered into the hands of of the Philistines for 40 years. So for 40 years, the Philistines had, had had power over Israel. And this angel comes to this woman and it says, you've got to do these things. You're barren and you can't have children, but if you do these things, you will have a child and he will deliver Israel if you do these things. And then it goes on to say again, but you must do these things. You have to do what I've told you to do. Well, she gives birth to the son and he would go on, and the Bible says that the Lord blessed him and that the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him because the mom obeyed. Not because he did anything, but because mom obeyed. Amen. And what I'd like to say to some of y'all, you know, the, uh, the people that's got kids, man, if you want your kids to, to do what they're supposed to do in life, I mean, I think as a parent, I'm not a parent, but as if I was a parent, parent to a coon, 
<clears throat> More than anything, I would want my kid to walk through the gates of heaven. Absolutely more than anything. And I think as a parent, that, that's your number one priority. That's your number one focus. I want my kid to be a good kid. I want my kid to live for God. More than anything else, that's what I want. If you want your kid to be blessed, then build them on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Put them on that firm foundation. That Jesus taught us, Jesus said, build your house on the rock so that when the storms come and the waves blow against the house, it will stand because it's on a firm foundation. And that is Jesus Christ. Don't be like the foolish builder who built his house on the stand. And when the storms came and the winds blew, the house collapsed and killed the man. But I think so many times we set our kids up for failure. We halfway live for God. We halfway teach them to do right. But the Bible says, this angel told this woman, it said, obey what I've told you to do. And she did it, and her child was blessed because of it. <clears throat> if anything's ever going to change in this country, in our community, in our schools, if anything good is ever to come from this point forward, then I have to do all that I can do. I have to be all that I can be. I have to live with conviction. I have to live for God. I have to seek Him every day. And so many people say, well, I never hear the word of the Lord. Well, do you ever look for it? Amen. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Amen. So in closing, I don't know how this impacted anybody. I don't know if it made any sense. But if I want my family to be right, if I want my household to be right, then I've got to be right. Amen. We've got to have accountability for ourselves. We've got to have accountability for each other. And if I do what I'm supposed to do, God's blessings impact the people that are around me. It goes further than just impacting me. <clears throat> if y'all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Now, if anybody wants to pray for any reason, consider these altars open. Dearly Father, God, we come to you, uh, Lord, thankful for this place. God, thankful for your word. Uh, thankful for who you are and what you've done through your son, Jesus Christ, God. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that you would just help this church. I pray for every single person in it, God, that you just show us what we stand in need of, God. Uh, show us where we fall short. Show us where we can be better. <clears throat> Lord, I pray uh, for our schools. I pray for our country. I pray that we'd be a nation, God, that would turn back to you. And I pray that we'd be a people, God, uh, that would turn back to you in everything that we do. Lord, it's not about us, but it's only by you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>